Hello and you're welcome to another episode of the Word Voice Podcast. My name is Wura. Okay, first of all, I really want to appreciate and thank everyone who took our time to listen to the first episode. I was really humbled and thank you for the advice, the encouragement, um, the comments, all the feedbacks. It has really made me discover something new, something new to offer and deliver. And yes, I'm back here. Yeah, I'm back here. <laughs> okay, so thank you so much. And I pray that the Lord will bless each and every one of us in the name of Jesus. Amen. So moving on quickly, I um, titled today's episode, Hello Future. <laughs> Hello, future. Wow, I really like the title. Okay, quickly, um, Father, we thank you and glorify you for a time like this. We ask you, Lord, to help us to shift our minds, our thinking today, so that we might be able to see further, to be able to know the direction in which you are telling us to go. Help us, Lord, that we might be able to fulfill whatever you have for us in life. In the name of Jesus. Amen. So, whatever you're doing, whether you're lying down, whether you're cooking, you're relaxing, or whether you're working in front of a laptop, whatever it is, thank you for giving me your listening ears again. So, the word hello, hello future. Yeah. Most of us actually, when we pick up our phones to receive a phone call, the first thing we actually see is hello, who is on the line? Or if it's someone we actually know, we say hello, good morning, and then the conversation continues like that, like that, like that. Interestingly, as the word hello sound, it was formerly used to call or attract attention. Like, hello. What do you think you're doing? Hello, what are you doing there? So, um, but now, it's now a form of greeting. You can just say someone and you say hello. Like, it's, it's a means of greeting someone. And it's now understood anywhere in the world. Anywhere. Wherever it is. The word hello is understood anywhere in the world. Thanks to a man called Thomas Edison. Who during the rise of um, the telephones... You know, in the 19th century, and he encouraged those that made use of his own telephone to actually say the word hello when receiving a call. So, as simple as the word hello, it, it can be the first step towards a greater communication and understanding between two people. So, when I say hello, future, um actually trying to create a kind of connection between where I am today and where I'll be tomorrow. You know, the future is like, um, when we say the future, it means, okay, not now, maybe something later, something that is going to happen, something that is going to happen in, in later tomorrow or something, you know. So it's, it's something that is not about now, but it is about later. So it's, it's a word, hello future, 
a word you're using to create a connection between where you are right now and where you will be tomorrow. So you can call it out. Hello, future. Hello. 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 You can keep calling. (laughs) But don't mind how it sounds. You know, the point is you're giving a voice to your destiny. You are giving a voice that calls out to your future. Okay, so I have actually penned down some questions that um, I would like to um, use as, um, you know, as the basis of of, um, what I'm going to discuss today. So, the first question is, how do I call to attract the best that tomorrow has to offer for me? The second question is, how do I create the connection between where I am today and where I'll be tomorrow? Where can I call out hello to my future? That's actually the third question. And um, all those questions can be answered with just one word. And that word is called vision. Yes, vision. Okay, so according to the Cambridge Dictionary, vision is the ability to see. The ability to see. Vision is something that you imagine or it's a picture that you see in your mind. It is the ability to imagine. You imagine how a country or a society or an industry, a company, whatever, you imagine how it could develop in the future. Vision is the ability to think about the future with your mind. It is like a mental image of something. And a vision can also be something seen in a dream, seen in a dream or a trance as a result of maybe a supernatural experience. We can find that a lot in the Bible. Yeah. You know, God reveals so many visions to prophets, um, Prophets like Elijah, prophets like Elisha, so many of them. And you know, those people, they walked and acted based on vision. It was like God was giving them a picture for them to be able to see and pen down something. Yes, and pen down something. So, um, to continue my definition, you, you, you you can actually give the word vision a definition. It can be in your own words, a word that you, 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 you will be able to understand. But yeah, vision is, is something you conceive in your mind. Vision is a thought, a concept formed by the imagination. So I would quickly like to just ask us, or you can just meditate on it right now and ask yourself, what am I actually saying? Like, what images do I have in my mind? What are the pictures that I have at the back of my mind? You know, maybe when you're relaxing, you know, you're hacking yourself. Okay, what am I seeing? So we need to ask ourselves those questions. Your vision is, um, is a matter of how you see yourself in the future. But quickly, I would just like to, you know, um, describe the journey of life 
using some some kind of um, metaphors like English people will call it so you know life is like for me I, I, I defined life to be like a ship you know a ship is a means of transport actually you know it transport people on water from one place or one country to the other so it is actually a means of transport and you know when we set out in life when we are setting out in life nobody set out to like okay i'm going on this journey and you you think you'll never come back no we set out in life with hopes with um determination with um so many things you know assurance that okay i know i'm going to get there i know that okay where i'm going i know how to get there the time and everything you know that's how the journey of life can be and when we set out on in life or when we set out in life there is obviously a destination at the back of our mind so like i said the ship is a means of transport the ship is what is going to convey you from where you are to your destination okay say for instance now i'm going to Oshodi, and um, the means of transport i'm going to use could be a bus there are so many other ones but i decide to use a bus but i know where i'm going so how do i even know where i'm going in the first place okay maybe i have been there before or someone took me there you know or maybe paraventure someone gave me the address and told me that okay when i get to so 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 please i take so 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 you know or i hack so 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 person but the point is i can't just say i want to go somewhere if i don't have a destination in mind in mind you know nobody set out on a journey it's only people that have lost it that you know you just see them they just they just go they don't have any destination may that not be a lot in jesus name so the means of transport now that I'm trying to make us see right now is that the means of transport to our destiny in life is the thoughts we have, the imagination that occurs in our mind. Our mind is a very, very powerful tool. Very, very powerful. Um, one of the messages of Apostle Joshua Selman, he said, let your mind take you there and your body will follow you know and um, a famous um, life strategist she said she actually quoted it yes if, if I'm not mistaken she said let 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 it be that you, you see yourself in such a way that in the future you are able to become what you see yes so, um, what am I trying to just say right now is that our vision matters a lot. The way we see ourselves now determines how we see ourselves tomorrow. And um, the second thing I would just like to say is our vision should actually line up with God's word. It should line up with God's word. And with that, I would quickly like to open and um, read from the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 
and 20. And you can actually open your Bible and read along with me. The Word of God is nothing. It cannot be compared to any other book. So, Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20. It says, Go then, all people. Go then, sorry, to all peoples everywhere. And make them my disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And I will be with you always to the end of the age. Now, I shared that because the vision of Jesus is to make more disciple the vision was to you know bring in more people into god's family it was a vision that god actually actually tell the disciple to continue in it so your vision is as important as anything and Seeing yourself, I, I believe that one of the things that we should actually do is we should see ourselves doing extraordinary things. We should see ourselves like creating, coaching, leading, or writing, you know, building something, designing something, you know, as if it is really, really real. And at this point, we can actually tell God to help us. To paint his plans on the canvas of our minds. You know, if our mind stops working, if our mind stops functioning, then there's nothing God is going to use to direct us in life. So at this at this at this time in our lives, or at this point in the journey of our life, we need to constantly spend time with God and ask Him to show us whatever it is, you know. We can ask him to show us great things about our future. Whatever he has prepared for you. Whatever he has prepared for us. And ask him to help us accomplish it. And we need to also discipline our minds and spirit through prayer. And the meditation of the word of God. You know. Vision is actually just acquiring a fresh perspective from God. Fresh perspective about life. You know, as we journey in life, there are so many things that will come our way that we want to change our perspective, change our values, change the the, 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 the systems of, of so many things, you know. But, you know, when we stay with God, God will help us to to, to have new perspective about, about what we are doing, about how we are living, about how to do something. So, the vision will keep you alive. It will make you alive. So, by doing these things, you are creating a connection. You are already creating a connection. And something I would just like to say is that vision is not something that we can just conjure. We can just conjure in the imaginations of our mind, you know. It is something we need to do prayerfully. And it has to actually align with God's will for our lives. And <laughs> I, 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 I heard... Um, 
people say so many times that life is spiritual, life is spiritual. But I realized that when they say life is spiritual, it means I didn't really have the proper understanding. But recently, I just sat down and I was thinking about it and I said, yes, life is really spiritual. When we say spiritual, spiritual in the sense that you can't actually, it's not something physical that you can hold. It's not like a person that you can actually see. It's not visible to the heart. But there are things that they exist and they have a name. Okay, say for instance now, love, peace, joy, you know, all those kind of words, forgiveness, envy, jealousy, all those words, they are not visible to the eyes, but they exist, you know. So when they say life is spiritual, indeed life is spiritual. And you know, the Bible tells us that we should live a life of love. Love your neighbor as yourself. Life is spiritual. So there is nothing that we want to do. The visions that we need to have or the visions that we, we are trying to conjure at the back of our minds has to line up in such a way that it will be able to connect back to our destiny. Our means of transport what you see is what is going to transport you to the future. So, the vision you see with your spiritual eyes can be powerful and greater than the one that you can even see with your natural eyes. So, how you see your future begins with how you see yourself now. How you see your future begins with how you see yourself now. And, um... To just um, um, wrap it up, once we, we have a vision, I think one of the best ways we can actually help ourselves is to discipline ourselves to write them down. Maybe in your quiet time or maybe when you are asking, asking, asking God during your prayer and you know something just comes to your mind. You you got a picture, quickly pick up a pen, a book, then write it down. You know, every potential that you have within you, God will always find a way to use it. And they will always line up in such a way that you will find yourself doing those things later on. Don't let us limit whatever it is that God is giving us in our, in our imaginations or whatever he has painted in our minds. You know, let's just go ahead, believe, believe whatever it is that God is telling us, whatever it is that he's showing us as we are seeing it. Let's keep believing it that is going, is going to happen. Let's keep believing and saying, hello, future. Wow. Let's be excited about whatever it is that God is showing us. So... Procuring a vision for our life is something that is very, very important. As a youth, I would really encourage us that we should not live a life without a vision. We shouldn't, you know, one of the, the promises God has for youth in the last days is the outpouring of vision. As a youth, don't just, don't just be there. Ask God for a vision. Please, don't just live a life, a visionless life. The Bible says without a vision, the people perish. 
If you have no vision, then it means you are, you are not seeing anything and it means you are blind. Go and meet God, like the way blind Bartimaeus did. <laughs> and ask, have mercy on me. And we ask you, what do you want? And you say that I might see. So please, as a youth, we need to see. And let's just walk with God. As, as we walk with him, it keeps, you know, keeps showing us things, beautiful things, beautiful things. So, um, for my note here, I gave the word vision an acronym. And you can just, you know, write it down also. So, the word vision. For V, I gave the word view. Or you can say V stands for view. I stands for inspires. The S stands for senses. The high stands for in. The whole stands for optimum level. And the N stands for needed. So to conjure the words together, I said your views inspires your senses and the optimum level needed. So there's need though, there's need for us to just see. It's very, very important that we see. Your views about life, about whatever it is that God has given you, it will inspire you. You know, it will inspire your senses, your senses of seeing, your senses of of perceiving, of doing things, you know, at the optimum level, you know, the level that it is needed, the state at which it could be achieved. So I pray at this, um, at this point that the Lord will help us. The Lord will inspire us. The Holy Spirit will help us. He will give us a vision. We need a vision. We cannot live without a vision. And I pray that even as you are listening to this, if there is something that dropped in your heart and you, you can see something about the future that God just laid, it just came as a flash. I pray that by the move of this, that the Lord will make it happen in the name of Jesus. Because we know that the vision is, is not about us. Though it tarry, it will surely come to pass. So Lord, we ask you that you will help us. You will ask you that you will hold our hands even as we journey in life, we ask that you fill our minds with greater things that you have for us, that you have prepared for us. Help us, Lord Jesus. Help us, Holy Spirit. Paint beautiful things in our minds. That your name at the end of each hall, by the time we, we, we find ourselves in that tomorrow, we can remember that there was a time we said, Hello, future. Lord, we thank you. Receive all the praise in the name of Jesus. For in Jesus' name, Amen. Enjoy your remaining time. Hello, and you're welcome back to Word Voice Podcast. My name is Bora. So, I really want to thank everyone who took our time to listen to the last podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I will always pray that the Lord will bless you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, so... Moving on to today's topic, um, 
Today's topic is titled, Seven Books You Need to Read That Will Change Your Life. Seven Books to Read That Will Change Your Life. Okay, so quickly I'm going to say a short word of prayer. Father, we thank you for another time like this. Thank you so much for how you've been with us, how you've been faithful to us in every areas of our life, in every of our affairs. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Lord, today it's all about books. But Lord, we ask that you will help us to know that the best book we can ever read that will change our lives for good is the word. Help us to know and not to forget that, Lord. And help us, Lord, to meditate on the words that you have given unto us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. For in Jesus' name, amen. So, um, moving on quickly. Seven books to read that will change your life. Yes. So, I'm actually a book lover. And I try to get my hands on books that I know can help me. You know, to develop myself in every area, spiritually first, then academically, morally, mentally, emotionally, financially, yes, and you know, so on and so on. And I also get um, my hands on books on relationship, yes. I try as much as possible to, you know, educate myself and enlighten myself, you know, what I need to know as a youth what I need to be aware of, you know, to stay, um, to stay knowledgeable. Knowledge is power. And I believe we all know that knowledge is power. So we cannot be ignorant as, as we are youth. We cannot be ignorant. No. So today I'll be suggesting seven books that has helped me in my journey to growth. And I believe it's going to help you guys too. Yes. So, um, you know, some of them we might have heard about them before. We might have read them before. Some of them we might know the author, and you know, the point is getting our hands on this book, making sure that we try as much as possible to read them, or even just you know, maybe even if it's just for some few pages, then we drop it, go back to them, drop it, go back to them till we are done. So. And at the end of um, this episode, um, I'm going to provide um, a link for us to download these books. So, it will make it a whole lot easier. And I know that um, we are going to be blessed. Yeah, we are going to be blessed. So, um, I know um, another thing I would just like to chip in. I know it's um, it's very easy to feel compelled to finish every book that we start. And, you know, some of us, we are filled with the guilt in our minds that when we, we are not able to to reach the end of the, the, the page of a book, um, you know, after we have bought that particular book with our hard-earned money or we have downloaded that kind of book with our data, you know. But sincerely, it's not every book that deserves to be read in its entirety. It's not every book that we need to finish. Um, I quote a particular, a particular man, Francis Bacon. He said, some books are to be tasted. 
others are to be swallowed and some few are to be chewed and digested so it means some books are just to be read in parts you know you read them in parts others are just to be read you know and some you read them only you know you read them the whole of the book you really with diligence and attention based on what um what you're going to learn from it based on the information that you're going to get from the book and you know i i myself i was always guilty of feeling the need to read every book from pali to pali like from back to back <laughs> that's what i mean so the point is um and this has actually helped me so far when i actually got to know that it's not every book that you need to read you know it helped me and it's still helping me so i select books that i know that i'm going to um complete i really love to complete books that they are of my interest you know they interest me and i know that okay as i journey in the book i'll be able to reach the hand so i believe that will help you also so moving on quickly yes to the seven books that i've um listed book number one is think big by ben carson think big by ben carson yeah um this book is um actually what i would recommend for every young adult readers yes it's it's a book that every young adult need to read and this book was actually written in 1997 1997 yes and it was actually the first book of the author that's dr ben carson and you know um it has been a great inspiration for many people i myself i read it while i was um about entering um preparing for jam preparing to you know get into the higher institution I, I can remember vividly that it was after I finished secondary school, after I finished writing my work, and, you know, I picked up this book, and, you know, I started reading it, and it really inspired me. It really inspired me, you know. I love the fact that in this book, it stated clearly the challenges he faced from his childhood, you know, his background, you know, all through his school, high school days to when he was in tertiary institution, you know, he explained in details and, you know, those vital lessons are just what we need as a youth, as a young adult, you know, there are principles of life that you, you, you just know that, no, this, this is very, very key to life. And, you know, it's, it actually made me see that no matter the background you are coming from, that can never determine the future you are going to have. It's not. The background is just where you are coming from. But the future is what you determine it to be. When you, you, you are determined, you are focused, you know, you know. And when you follow the principles that he has actually stated in this book, using the 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 word think big you know in this book he said um t is for talent h is for honesty high is for insight n is for nice k is for knowledge b is for books high is for in-depth learning and g is for god 
and you know he explained each of these um words and using practical life examples like he was able to break it down so i actually recommend this book and this book is what will make you think outside the box you know for those pursuing their dreams and you know you, you you're just wondering okay how am i going to get my dreams how am i going to how am i going to um go about these dreams this book is very very good for you okay so book number two yes this book is titled the purpose driven life written by rick warren this book apparently sold over 30 million copies in just a year and by the time the re- another edition was brought out it sold over 34 million copies wow this book is not only a top book in life's purpose like it's not only a book that talks about life purpose but it's it has always been the top 50 books of all time top 50 books of all time like it's just there and it's more than a book that's another thing it's a guide actually to a 40-day spiritual journey that will enable you to discover and answer the questions to life life most important question why am i here on earth you know those kind of question you will be able to know this you'll be able to know how to answer this question and you know the author actually um broke down this book into 40 key chapters and he recommended that each of these uh, chapters they are read read once a day and at the end of this book you would be able to know and you'll be able to um realize god's purpose for your life you'll be able to understand what the big picture is so and you know having this kind of perspective you know this book is going to actually give you that kind of perspective knowing what your purpose is in life you know it's going to help you simplify a lot of things to reduce stress you know you'll be able to answer some questions you know and most importantly it's going to prepare you for eternity yes it's going to prepare for eternity so i'll 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 advise you pick up this book and read so book number three yes why you act the way you do by team lehai and you know before i actually read this book i i just saw this book with um a church member and i you know as a book lover i just I just said, oh, please, can you borrow this book so I could read for some days? And he told me that I'm only giving you a week to finish this book. And I was like, okay, no problem. I'm going to, I'm going to return it by the next Sunday. And when I started this book, I didn't want to return it. But I just had to return it because it was loaded this book explains the unique theory of temperament blends 
It was when I read this book that I knew what temperament was, why people acted the way they were, why they had a particular personality, and why they hacked the way they were doing. I you know I, I got to know that okay, there are four basic type of temperaments, which is the um, the sanguine, the phlegmatic, the choleric, the melancholy, and you know he divided. Um, divided into introvert and extrovert, you know, those kind of things. As a young mind, I was able to know some things that some adults didn't know, you know. So, reading this book is going to actually help you identify your own personality. Every personality has their own strengths and weaknesses. That was one of the things I was able to know and learn from this book. And, you know, You'll be able to know your own personality. You'll be able to know where your strengths are, where your weaknesses are. And the beautiful thing about this book is it explains how you can even work on your weaknesses and how you can improve your strength, you know, how you can improve it to help you in advancing in your job, in your career, enable you to deal with anger, depression, you know. It's also... Will it will enable you to improve your relationship with um, with your partner, with your spouse. It will even help you to know the kind of um, person to choose before you, you know, before you say I do. <laughs> you know, I was able to know that a sanguine cannot marry a sanguine because that's like saying a fire and a fire are going to come together. How is the house going to be? Well, I can only imagine. So I was able to know that there are some kind of personalities that they can they can't just uh, you know they can't just marry themselves no so it's it's it has to balance it has to balance so you know and the beautiful thing about this book also is it's it's going to help you identify your specific spiritual gifts which God has given you so even if you you've never heard or read about personality or temperament before this book is going to help you know yes it's going to help you know okay moving on book number four yes book number four is following god's plan for your life by kenneth Hagen. and you know um i actually read this book and I was able to really, really know how the Holy Spirit actually works in every believer, how it directs and how it leads every believer. This book explains the importance of following God's timing once you have received God's plan for your life. You know, I was much younger when I read this book and I really got to know in-depthly that the Holy Spirit just has to be the one you know to lead and guide in 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 whatever plan God has for your life you know the, the book has has made me also know that not all dreams you know goals and desires come from God so you know when you want to stir yourself to to consecration and know how to follow God's plan for your life this book I recommend it just take just go ahead and pick it wherever wherever you you see it or you can get the pdf and just you know just read okay book number five 
Yes, book number five is Five Love Languages by Gray Chapman. Yes, so, well, this book is for married couples. However, I still read it. Yes, though I'm single. Yes, and I'm preparing, I'm preparing myself, you know, as I read it, I believe I was preparing myself and I believe this book too will prepare you, to prepare your mind for what to expect in marriage from your partner. So I recommend that don't think that, okay, because um, it is for married couples, then let me wait till I'm married before I read this kind of book. No, I will encourage and recommend that you, we pick up this book and read. The beautiful thing about this book is that it explains five different love languages that people speak. How to identify it and learn how to speak it. You know, every one of us, we have a particular love language that we we actually speak. And, you know, um, in this particular book, it was able to explain that sometimes some couples, they get married to each other. And... They speak a particular love language they feel like um, is going to go with the other spouse. Whereas it is just the other way around. You know, your own primary love language might be different from your partner's love language. So it is just better to know how to speak the other person's love language and you know the beautiful thing about this book is at the end of each chapter there are series of you know um i'll I'll call them um assignments you know you go ahead you try something out you know and see if it works so that you'll be able to know and detect that okay this is this person's love language or okay this is my my primary love language so um the five love languages let me just list them you know we have word of affirmation we have quality time we have um, receiving gift we have acts of service and we have physical touch so um i would just like to quote um a few lines from this um, book um love is a daily choice and it's not always a feeling love is a daily choice it's not always a feeling so moving on quickly to book number six um this particular book i actually just read it recently and i tell you if you are a young graduate you need to read this book i tell you and this book is called rich dad poor dad the cash flow quadrant this book this book this book it blew my mind. This book is actually dedicated to people that are willing to pay the price for reaching financial freedom. And you know, in this book, it's stated that school, good grades, um, securing a, a job doesn't and really leads to financial freedom. You know, most most of the time, our parents, they tell us that go to school, um, read, have good grades. Then when you are done, you look for a job. And when you look for a job, then you are okay. Then you know that, okay, yes, I'm secured. But you know, in this book, he explained that, no, that is not how to have financial freedom. 
and you know he he actually divided um people into four quadrants um the first quadrant is the employee that is you are employed and you are paid the other one is self-employed that is you own something like you own a business and you run the business and you know it is very limited like maybe a limited number of people you, you, you run you run the business then he said another one is um, the business owner where you like oh there is like maybe a factory or maybe you just launch out as a business owner a like more than 50 you can employ more than 50 people to run the business as at that time and you know the last one he said is the investors and you know as i kept on reading this book though i've not finished it <laughs> yes i'm not done with this book but i recommend it for every young graduate it's going to open your mind to see that um, like in itself, like you can go to school, you can read, you can have good grades, but really, if you want to have financial freedom, um, then you will need to change quadrants. And you know, he said changing quadrants is not like you are changing your job or you are changing your profession, but changing how you think and how you look at the world. If you have a small thinking, then you can't have financial freedom. So you can just, you know, get the rest of the information from the book. I've given a little tip from this already. And um, moving on to the last book. The last book is um, Who Will Cry When You Die? Yes, this book, this book is just... Um, Okay, well, this book is written by Robin Sherman, yeah, a man who resigned as a corporate lawyer to pursue a more fulfilling life. <laughs> and, you know, he grew to become a renowned writer and also a leading public speaker. And today he's motivating everyone in the world to become a leader in any area they find themselves. And one thing I love about this book is that it's filled with the wisest words ever. And you know, you will really see in this book that this author is just down to earth. And he has down to earth life principles. And how you can live life in a more focused way. And you know, he gave outlines of necessary changes in daily routines for living a prosperous life. So... After reading this book, I believe and I felt a positive change in, in the way I, I did some things. Um, my perspective changed some towards certain things about life too. And you know, the best part about this wonderful book is you can relate each and every chapter with your life. Yes. So I suggest that um, this book... Um, when you get your hands on it or when you start reading it pick at least five chapters a day you know that's how you will see more effect and sincerely the journey is just there are more books there are other favorite books i have but i i just selected this seven because i believe there is no how you will read this book and something will not just change about you something will change
something will change so that's it that's the seven books and i i at this point i know that um we have maybe questions we have something to say so we can just you know drop a comment give a feedback and i'm gonna really appreciate it thank you thank you once again and see you in the next episode bye